called the TARDIS. It can travel anywhere in time and space. And it's mine. Go on, say Most people do. <laughs> Smaller on the outside. Hey, what's up? And welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, SotoCast. The first, the best, and the only Doctor Who podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave. I will be the Time Lord with you this evening, and with me, as always, is Andy, who is the companion. Um, so, what's going on? Happy Saturday, everybody. A um, couple of announcements before we get into anything. Um, I want to give a shout out to this guy named Daniel. I had this long conversation with today about just about Doctor Who in, in general. Um, I put a shout out somewhere that uh, if somebody wants to talk about you know this episode of uh, Doctor Who, then, you know, let me know. Uh, but before any of us actually saw it, I was talking to him about Doctor Who in general, about um, how difficult it is to talk somebody into Doctor Who because it started off in such a different, you know, goofy, cheesy way, and it's, it's like, evolved in such a more serious tone since then. It's, it's become more serious and then less serious in some ways as well. Right, but more of a ba- I think more of a balance now than anything. Right. Um, so he and I talked, and I, he hasn't seen the classic series either. And um, right. when I asked him his favorite um, moment of the series, what the first thing comes to mind was um, he was talking about the uh, the silence with uh, Matt Smith. Mm. Which part? Because that kind of covers this entire era. Well, not entire, but, you know, I, th- I think, of. I guess I didn't ask him what part in general. It was more like a starry arc, and uh, probably the ones with the silence in them, you know, the actual silence episodes. Right. So probably season six, then. Yeah. Um, so I'll give him a shout-out. Thanks for talking through with uh, Doctor Who stuff. That was cool. Um... Also, another announcement. I created a website called sotocast.weebly.com. It's meant to not really be a blog, uh, but more of a just a standalone website like a business would have where it has some widgets in there that plays our latest podcast. It also has an archive of our oldest podcast and everything um, up to today, which is cool. Um, there should be also a section up there called blog, but... All that is is a um, kind of a feedback area. If you want to give feedback and have any questions, shoutouts, anything like that, you can do that as well. So you can check that out. Um, don't know if I'll keep it or not, but it, so far it looks okay. Um, it also has uh, a playlist for the other podcasts I have, Dave Examines Movies and TV. So, you know, that's cool as well. So oh, cool. this episode was called Smile. Um, and it was a very happy episode. Not really, though. Well. <laughs> wow. Big happy. Big happy. Okay, so, the episode starts off, Bill and the Doctor are in the TARDIS, and she's asking how everything works. Why are the seats so far away? <laughs> you know. Good stuff. And it's just basically giving us a quick recap about Again, what the TARDIS is and what he does in there. 
So more right. introduction stuff for people who have never seen the show. Um, the the ball guy, I forget his name already. Uh, it was Nardole or Nardoli. I don't know. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't, think it's just Nardole. I don't know if I'll ever remember his name. <laughs> um, he shows up and he's asking why the TARDIS is there and he's not supposed to go off world because he's made a vow. He said the doctor made a promise that he would not go off world. I don't remember it that. It has to do what they're guarding down there in that. Yeah, but who did he promise? I don't remember. Is this something that we didn't see? I, I'm guessing, yeah. But anyways, it doesn't really matter. Matter. <laughs> matter. It doesn't really matter because he's got a time machine and he can always go back to that second in time. So the ball guy goes off to make him a, you know, a pot of, key, a pot of tea. But as we know, it's never a good idea to, to assume that you're going to be able to come right back in time to the exact moment, as we've seen several times before. Never assume. <laughs> um, so he goes off, and when I when he said he's got a time machine, he can go back to the exact you know point when he left. I, I was. He actually said he can re- arrive before they left, which I'm thinking, no, you can't, because then you'd be interacting right, with right, your you can't the do past that, right? <laughs> um. So when he said that, I actually had a thought that came to mind. I thought, well, is this entire season going to be taking place between before and after the boil, uh, the kettle boils? Could be. I think the idea was the episode, but it doesn't turn out that way. Could be that, yeah. I could see that. Anyways, they go off to uh, paradise, I guess. Did, did, is there a name for the planet? Because I don't think I caught it. Um. Yeah, there was, I think. Maybe there wasn't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it says Glees 581D. Ah, so Glees. <laughs> G-L-I-E-S. Hmm. I don't know. But they end up in a wheat field that's far away from the city, kind of looks like Tomorrowland. And you're like, right. these people are like saying you have to keep smiling, you have to keep smiling, because there's some like nanobots flying up in the air, and if you don't remain happy, cyber, these cyber nanobots are going to you know tear you to shreds. Which kind of goes into the main titles there. Which are the, the nanobots are called the Vardy. The what? The Vardy. The Vardy. And uh, the other robots on the world are called the Emoji Bots. <laughs> Is that what they're <laughs> called? Yeah. I'm over here calling them Emotobots. I don't know. <laughs> um, those are cool. Um, so, uh, Doctor and the Bill, they, they show up. I said Doctor and the Bill. Doctor so and yeah. the Bill. That's right. Just call me the Bill. <laughs> <laughs> um, the doctor and Bill show up on the planet, and uh, they say it. So uh, they say it's supposed to have uh, cracked the secret of human happiness, you know. Um, and when she asked him about the oath that he made, he said a thing happened, and he made a promise because of the thing. A thing. That's that's totally Stephen Moffat. Well, I guess he didn't write it, but that's that's a, that's a Stephen Moffat thing to <laughs> a, say. A thing happened, and he had to make yeah. a promise based off of the thing. And he has to stay on Earth because he made a promise because of the thing that happened. Something like that. That's, that's like Moffat saying, oh, I'll write it later. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. A MacGuffin. Yeah. Um, while they're there, they see the nanos. And then something happens with their ears. Um, yeah, nanobots basically, I guess they basically implant a, uh, a communicator into their ears. Which is weird. Is that going to stay with them the rest of the series? I was wondering that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so then they free- first meet the robot that speaks emoji, right? It doesn't actually talk. We see uh, emojis. And it gives them little badges that displays their emotions like mood rings, but like 
with emojis. Um, but they can't see their own because it always faces away from them. But the other right, people can see this. Right, because if you see your own, it can affect you. Basically, if you if you know what it thinks you're thinking, then that might affect the way you are thinking. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You mean like real life? Um, yeah. The main question that we have at this point is where are all this are the humans here in the so-called paradise? Well, we as an audience know that know. they're like dead, um, but they don't know that. Until the next scene, when they discover the answer to that question, and they go to this like uh, garden, garden, yeah, yeah. garden, and uh, there's all these plants getting sprayed by um, fertilizer, and then that's when they find out that the robots are using the bones of those dead people that they killed as the fertilizer, uh, so they then start to run away, and then the doctor starts figuring out about the whole smile thing. I'm not entirely sure how he connected the dots at this point um but he yeah uh just uh you know clever yeah sure <laughs> um he tells her to physically smile i think because it's therapeutic if you actually smile it helps you actually be happy right i think that's a real thing that if you if you smile it actually does affect your uh your brain in that way yeah it's not it doesn't necessarily make you happy but it does affect your brain in some way okay yeah and uh and that helps to change their emoticons on on their badge on the back um too happy so it kind of it at fools. least tricks them yeah it fools the killer robots at least for a little bit just a little bit it's kind of hard to to hold that up my, uh, I'm trying to figure out where the TARDIS is in, in that field. I feel like it's miles and miles away from the city. Not miles, but a good distance. A good distance. Because they run back to the TARDIS, and then they go back. <laughs> Basically. Uh, he, the Doctor wants to just leave throughout her there. The, throughout the episode, starting there, the Doctor keeps trying to, uh, you know, convince Bill to, to stay back. Not, not uh, obviously. You know, just saying doing different things that, that make her stay back and then she realizes well, yeah. for obvious reasons he's got keep her out of harm hmm? keep her out of harm yeah keep her out of harm he's got plenty of reasons to do that um so he leaves her there and comes back to the city because the idea is colonization ships could still be heading to them and as a death trap um but she doesn't really listen to him and she just kind of follows him back as well because she likes adventure. Um, and inside one of the main buildings, which is kind of like in the eye of the storm, they find a spaceship, an Earth spaceship. Um, well, the doctor basically said that he kind of figured out that the city was built around a spaceship, and that's where the original spaceship would have landed. Okay. Um, when they go into the spaceship, it alerts all the emotobots, as I said they were, and... Uh, and the doctor has this idea that he can save the planet if he just blows up the uh, motive city. So that, yeah, so that if uh, the people, when they arrive, they'll see the city's gone and they'll just go find somewhere else to live. <laughs> well. Or maybe, or maybe they'll build their own city. We tried. Um, the whole time, Bill's out there telling them directions of where to go. She's looking at a map. But it turns out, once again, he had already memorized the blueprint to keep her out of trouble. Um, so, she heads somewhere else and finds this old woman that's, like, dead but is perfectly preserved. Yeah, that was weird. Why is she perfectly preserved? <laughs> I thought they were going to explain well, it as the nanobots just, or something. Maybe but... she just died. Like, 
uh, the day before. No, because that's the whole point of why the city is like gone crazy killing people, right? Well, they said it all happened. All that, all the people that died, they said it happened within a day. Did it? Yeah. That's that's a little crazy, robots. Come on now. <laughs> Terminators. All right. So she finds a book in well, that I mean, same you got, room. You got nanobots. They're probably pretty effective at that. <laughs> she finds a book of what uh, kind of looks like an animated history book. I think it's the end of the world for Earth. Yeah. Yeah. And then. She goes back and finds a boy that's kind of just wandering around and asks her if they're there yet. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And I'm thinking, he says, are you my mommy? Kind of is just as creepy, except he doesn't have one of those masks on. Uh, and that's kind of when we find out that there is a bunch of people there. There's a, a ton of pods. I, 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 yeah, I immediately figured that when, when when we saw the kid yeah which is if in my understanding of this right it's basically the surviving population of earth the rest of them yeah and the doctor was about to kill them all well the doctor also explained that they that you know when people evacuated earth they went on several different ships so it probably wasn't the only surviving population of just one of them london huh sure yeah. <laughs> um yeah, you remember that that uh, spaceship uh, UK or whatever Starship UK. Starship from UK. Uh, the second the second episode of Matt Smith. Ah uh, no, uh, you have to tell me yeah. the story of the episode rather than just the ship. Well, it was the one with the with the star whale, uh, and you know the ship was was going forward by uh, you know torturing the whale. Oh yeah. Stopped torturing it and it went faster. Nice. Uh, that one, yeah. That so that that's maybe one of the ships where they escaped on. <laughs> okay. well, sure. Yeah, uh, none of them were Battlestar Galactica. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I see that in this uh, in uh, Tardis Wiki. It actually mentions that here, <laughs> the Starship UK. Oh, does it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when they're looking at the dead body, uh, the Doctor comes up with this idea. I guess they both do that. Um, it was a virus that killed everybody, but it was grief as a virus. This is where it got a little confusing for me, because he said, the robots were programmed to know happiness and hope, sugar and spice and everything nice, and they weren't programmed for grief. And They don't know what that is. They don't know what that is, and so that somehow turned into a physical plague. And Yeah, so basically the, the robots were there to try to help make people happy. So when they see grief, which is... is making people sad in, in an uncontrollable way, they see grief as the enemy. That doesn't really make sense to me, because it's like, if you're making a robot, you'd have them be, like, super smart and actually know the basic emotions of a human being, including, you know, sadness and grief and stuff like that. Well, the programmers were idiots. Because, <laughs> yeah, if they don't... It's like they only half-programmed them. Uh, what they needed was Asimov's Rules of Robotics. Right. It, it really, that's all that would solve the problem here, and this episode wouldn't even exist. Exactly. Uh, so anyways, the, the, the boy in the beginning, not the beginning, I guess halfway through it, uh, is now scared because he doesn't know what's going on, and so that scared, the robots started grabbing him. So the new settlement of Earth, the spacemen, uh, they shoot the robots down, and so rage and revenge occurs in the robots, 
and then the nanos start attacking them, and then they start shooting them back with their laser guns. Uh, and then suddenly there's a big white flash. Yeah, because the doctor says they're self-aware and alive, and that's when he takes his little screwdriver out and explodes the whole town. I don't... That's what it looked like. I was like, what the heck was that? It looked like an explosion. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't... I Even when it comes back to the people in the... Uh, in the ship, it looks like they're all dead too. Like that. It was just an overburst of screwdriver energy, I guess. <laughs> he he overrided all the machines with a single burst of energy. It was it was a uh, EMF. <laughs> it was an EMF explosion. You mean uh, uh not EMF? It's a uh, electromagnetic EMP. EMP. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what it was. EMP. Um. So, and then when he comes back, he basically says he just reset them all. He turned them off and turned them on again. Uh, yeah, which I feel like he could have done before in the episode. Like, that just because they're how's dangerous. That gonna how's that going to help? I mean, yeah, he erased their memories, but they still have the same programming, don't they? Yeah, well, that's kind of his point. In the end, he still just said, keep smiling. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was like, I oh, just, okay, that doesn't just, solve the problem at all. I just... <laughs> temporarily saved you guys and they're eventually gonna come back to this point when one of you dies uh i think i think the point is now that the humans know what it is maybe they can fix the programming well, or maybe, something but yeah if, if one of them dies then i feel like the robots are gonna go just go right back to that point and yeah and then the doctor's just not gonna be there to wipe everybody's memories anymore so i don't know so now the doctor's job is done right they can go back to the tea kettle that's now boiling. More like he didn't feel like actually doing a proper finishing of his job. Just saying. <laughs> right. He's like, all right, guys, um, you you figure out what's wrong with the robots because I I did all I can do, and we're gonna head back to the past. And so he goes back in time. His plan was to go back to the point where the tea kettle was still boiling, but something has happened, and somebody has stepped on a butterfly. I guess. I don't I, I don't know. They, was it? They step out into, like, what, was it England? And then... Uh, yeah, it was. They, they said they landed on the river, but the river was, I don't know if it was frozen or if it was just gone, and then there was an elephant an walking elephant through walking it. Through. And then, you know the, what this kind of reminded me of? Hmm. Legends of Tomorrow. Well, yeah. Like, changing everything. There, uh, I did see the... Uh, next week episode thing and it doesn't really tell you much it just shows you that it's definitely a screwed up world basically okay. um, and they did I wasn't, sure, I wasn't sure if, if it was like the future or if something they did maybe changed it kind of feels like the past from what I could tell but I don't know much okay. about it and they said well, they I did mention thinking... um, stepping on a butterfly and everything too well I was thinking maybe because they left he promised not to that uh, something with uh, that something about vault, his vow? maybe. Well, I thought maybe something about that vault caused it. About the vault, okay, maybe. That's what I was thinking. He was supposed to follow through with his last vow. <laughs> Wait, wrong show. <laughs> um, so this is more of an average episode, I would say. Mhm. Mm um, first one was better. This one was more typical from what you'd expect from an episodic episode. Um, I, I. I, I liked the the robots, you know, the the concept at least behind the robots that are kind of reprogramming themselves and becoming self-aware and turning into Terminators, but it's not like we haven't seen anything like that before. 
Right. I guess I like the emoticon. There was stuff. actually there was actually an episode of the first Doctor that felt very much like Skynet. Was that first Doctor? First Doctor. I think it was probably the third season or so. It felt very much like a, a story about Skynet, which I thought was really cool considering it was way before the Terminator ever came out. Oh, did you they know? have robots? Yeah, it was robots and uh, a robot that was – I think it was designed to control the weather, but then it got smart, you know, and yeah. and ended up making tanks and things like that. Making tanks? Yeah, and other killer, killer machines and stuff. I don't remember exactly what the episode was called, but it was – it reminded me a lot of Terminator. Asimov's Rural Robotics people, which also didn't exist. <laughs> this was the like the six or yeah, this was the sixties. When when did Asimov write his books? Uh, let's see. Nineteen fifty. Oh, really? uh, I Robot was nineteen fifty. I don't know by by cent. Bicentennial I feel man. like iRobot was probably the first, but I don't know for sure. I did not know they were that old. Wow. Okay. Yeah, 1950. Uh, Bicentennial Man was after. That was 76. But iRobot was probably the first, and that was in 1950. Yeah, the first book is iRobot. So, there you have it. Um. Well, they don't have Bicentennial Man in this series, but I guess that was a different series. I don't know. Um... <laughs> But anywho, uh, that very short episode, actually. Very short podcast. That's all right, because uh, I needed to move on to a stream later. So. Yes, Andy's most important stream. Check him out on... Well, it's Saturday. I got what, get a, get a, lot, a lot of time to work on it. And Twitch? No, YouTube. No, you just you used to do uh, YouTube gaming? Yeah. Okay. Check him out on YouTube. Look, just uh, search my name, Andy Gillian. That's G I L L E A N D. For those of you that I know, most of you know how to spell it, but yeah. Of course, everybody knows how to spell it. <laughs> yes. I just figured if they saw your podcast. Mm, yeah, I think most of the time I say the uh, the creator of the podcast uh, is the podcast name itself. So, um, well, I, I have a I have a question uh, about the series um does is uh nardole technically a companion i don't know the doctor has had a robot companion before i believe it was in uh either fourth or fifth doctor might have been both um but i don't know if if he i mean he's been traveling with the doctor since the husband uh the husbands of river song Mm -hmm. you know yeah which which is like over a year you know Right. And who knows how long in Doctor's years, because it could have been that whole 70 years or whatever they said before in the last episode. Yeah. So I guess, I, I, I would guess he should be considered a companion. Uh, he could be. I, I, I feel like he would be more of a companion if we saw him, you know, more often in there. We, we never, I, yeah, I don't think he's, I don't know if we've seen him travel to a location with the Doctor. He's always been on Earth. Right, except for you know when we found him in the first place, but we never seen him like in the episode go somewhere with the doctor. Well, I guess maybe we'll see that later. I don't know. I do like the end of the episode felt very much like some of the classic Doctor Who's. Uh, in a lot of the classic uh, 
series, they would end the episode on a cliffhanger showing, a, you know, a little hint of what the next episode is. And uh, they didn't, they haven't done a lot of that in the new series, but um, but they've done, they that felt very much like a classic Doctor Who right there. And I like that. Oh, that's cool. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I guess that's really it for a podcast. It was a short one today, but that's okay. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, uh, you know, theories on Doctor Who or whatnot, you concerns. can... Concerns. Yes, uh, that's what I usually say. <laughs> uh, you can email... Concern, your podcast sucks. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good concern of mine. What are you going to do to improve it? Well, we are accepting donations via PayPal at uh, bgillian right? at gmail.com. You can uh, PayPal me there. You don't have a PayPal me link? I do. On, I do on the Podomatic uh, site, but that's the only place it's there, okay. uh, which most people don't actually go to. Uh, you can email me your questions and comments and uh, theories about Doctor Who at Dave at DaveExaminesMovies.com. Uh, and, uh, Dave at Dave.Dave. That's it. <laughs> Let's not confuse the listeners now. Oh, sorry. Uh, but uh, I guess we'll see you next week with, uh, with another episode of Doctor Who Saves the World. I'm sorry. No, that's not right. But it probably is right. But, uh, um, I guess peace out. Peace out.